Former President Donald Trump has been indicted four times in 2023. So how will this impact his bid for the White House? I'm Veronica Dudo. Let's find out. This is In America Today from the Ticker News Studios in New York City. This is already an extraordinary election, the likes of which we have never seen. Former President Donald Trump now faces 91 charges across four jurisdictions. Trump and 18 of his associates have been charged in the Georgia election case and accused of a broad conspiracy to try to overturn Georgia's 2020 election results. The district attorney says that she wants a trial within the next six months and will try all 19 defendants at the same time. The indictment alleges that rather than abide by Georgia's legal process for election challenges, the defendants engaged in a criminal racketeering enterprise to overturn Georgia's presidential election. Trump has until August 25th, this time around, to report to the courthouse in Georgia. And that will happen just two days after the first GOP debate. He is making his third straight White House bid and is command and is the commanding front runner in the Republican nomination race. Here is one of his attorneys discussing the latest indictment. This is the fourth indictment in months. It's political. It's election interference. And it is obvious obvious. And if you're not awake yet, I don't really know what's what it's going to take for you. For more, we're joined by Andrew Riddle, the CEO of Liberation Technology Services. Thank you so much for joining me today. So Trump is facing 13 criminal counts in this latest indictment. Will this impact his campaign? Well, I think if you look back at the three previous indictments, we've seen that it's only boosted his poll numbers. So it could actually really help his campaign more than impacting it, at least in the short term. What do you make of the timeline of some of these indictments that are coming down? Obviously, it's been three plus years, and now we are heading into the RNC debates and, of course, the all-important primaries in January. Well, I think that a lot of this is politically minded when you look at the schedule. They've had years, and you look at especially at New York, where they've had years that they could have uh, taken action, but they decide to wait until it's butting up right next to some of the largest uh, dates when it comes to the primary elections. And so that um, doesn't seem like coincidence. It seems like that it's something that the Democrats are trying to position very strategically. Now, the district attorney in Georgia, she has said that she wants a trial within the next six months and she wants to try all 19 defendants at the same time. I mean, just having to give all of the attorneys the discovery alone, that can take months and months. Can you see this happening? I can't see a situation where it does actually come to fruition, but for the 24 election, they're trying this as a RICO case. And historically, those cases drag out over years with all of the different uh, appeals and motions that can be filed. Now, that was a really important distinction, a point that is in this particular indictment. The others are federal. This is, of course, state. Can you talk a little bit about what the impact of the RICO charge is and could be? 
Well, granted, I'm not a lawyer, but from what I've heard from my former colleagues, uh, the RICO charges are really focused to, you know, combat illegal activity, mob activity, and racketeering activity. And so to try to put a political twist on this is rather unique. However, at the same time, the fact that this is a state case instead of a federal case, uh, there are a lot of rules that actually bar, uh, if convicted, President Trump from being pardoned or any of the other co-defendants. So it does create a, a rather unique situation where there are very few things that many of President Trump's allies can actually do to uh, avert some of these outcomes. Now, as you mentioned, there are a lot of differences in state cases versus federal cases. In particular, this case could potentially allow cameras in the courtroom. Do you think that would help or hurt former President Trump? Well, specifically, the fact that the sheriff has already indicated that he will be capturing a mugshot, something that we have not seen in the past three indictments, uh, and the likelihood that that mugshot would then become public, I think that it will ultimately give uh, President Trump a boost, especially on social media and kind of the grassroots side of things. Uh, but depending on the amount of information, the amount of exposure to the media that actually is taking place during the um, actual trial itself, I think could be really interesting because we don't really know the full facts of the details um, of this case. And we don't know exactly what will be brought forth and how they will actually shape the narrative around the charges. Now, it's also fascinating at this time, the county in their jail is under investigation by the Department of Justice for deplorable conditions for prisoners. And so that I had heard some analysts talking about how would that exactly, you know, make a difference one way or the other if the former president would actually have to do, you know, the perp walk and also take an actual mugshot. So what do you make of the fact that the DOJ is already investigating the jail? Well, I think it somewhat shows the corruption that's already taking place in this um, jurisdiction uh, under this DA. It is obvious that they are not operating in an above board status. And so, you know, it obviously adds quite a few security concerns. I know that if push comes to shove, Secret Service will be able to support and secure uh, the former president and those associated. But I think it also limits the uh, overstep that the DA or the sheriff could actually take when it comes to detaining these individuals, especially long term. What do you think voters are potentially thinking as they watch all of this unfold throughout the courts? That it's a political witch hunt for the most part. Um, I think a lot of people at this point, this is our fourth time doing this, uh, they realize that the courts have been essentially weaponized. Uh, it's no secret. You saw Governor DeSantis now remove two uh, Soros-backed liberal DAs. Uh, it has become something that I think is pretty common knowledge that Democratic Party for the better part of two decades has been really putting a focus on getting these types of individuals elected to uh, this office because they're able to essentially legislate from the bench. And, you know, I think a lot of people are waking up to that and, and starting to call these facts into question. 
Do you think that the onslaught of legal woes are based in merit or attempts to keep Trump from winning re-election? Oh, I believe that it's 100% in uh, efforts to prevent President Trump from appearing on the ballot, uh, appearing in the field and in grassroots situations. And I think that it's also built to spin an additional uh, negative narrative against the former president. Well, how would you characterize the media's coverage of former President Trump over these past couple of weeks with a lot of, you know, this unprecedented news that, you know, we've never seen before? Well, I think it's more or less the same exact coverage and and lack of objectiveness when the president was in the White House. Uh, The ratio from positive to objective to negative, uh, it's always heavily favored towards the negative spin on the president's coverage. And so I don't believe that it's changed really in all the better part of seven years. Andrew Riddle, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Thank you. More ticker news right after this.